Hi there, welcome to Talk Canicross. I'm Janetta George. And I'm Gail Walker. We're here today to talk all things Canicross, the fun way to get fit with your dog. So each month we'll be joined by a special guest or two. We'll hear from professionals, regular Canicrossers, and also dog and human experts in their field. It will be real people and real stories. So we hope you'll join us, whether it's for training tips, dog talk, or just for fun and encouragement. This is Talk Canicross, brought to you by DogFit. And don't forget to hit subscribe and keep in touch with all things Canicross. Hi there. Um, so for many of us, Canicross is you know, it's more than just a hobby, of course, and a way to keep fit. Um, it's often a very special way for us to bond with our dogs and build that really special, long-lasting friendship. And also just to hang out with like-minded people. And that's why you know, Jeanette and I absolutely love this sport. Um, and of course, once we've got that Canicross bug, it's natural to then look for the next challenge and that might be whether, you know, you might want to run a bit further. Um, you might want to get that elusive 5K PB that you've been striving for for ages. Um, and for some people, it's just to get involved in a Canicross event and, you know, actually compete with other people and your dog. So, you know, so many options. And, uh, well, today, uh, Jeanette and I are really, really pleased to have Sarah Gillen with us. To, um, and Sarah's a, a dog fit trainer based over in Germany. But not only is she an experienced canicrosser competing at both European and international level, she's a personal trainer and she has a particular passion to help other people improve their running and, of course, you know, avoid injury at the same time. So we're, we're very fortunate to have Sarah with us today. And, yeah, we're going to have the opportunity to ask Sarah loads of questions and hopefully we'll learn a bit today. So first of all, welcome, Sarah. It's lovely to have you on the, the podcast today. Hi, Gail. Hi, Janetta. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're delighted to have you on Talk Canny Cross and really um, interested to hear about the next levels that people can go up to and how you got there. Um, but first of all, what would be really good to find out is a bit more about your background, how you got into running first and ultimately Canny Cross. So share, share the history. Sure. OK, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think growing up, I was super sporty, loved to get involved in any and every sport sometimes a bit strange from karate to trampolining to hockey and yeah I spent most of my childhood teenage years college and university actually playing field hockey at quite a high level and uh, back then running was definitely only a way to help with my team sport and so I didn't really get into running until my early 20s I think it was I was working for Mizuno uh, the sports brand in the UK and I was lucky enough through my work to travel to a lot of the like marathon exhibitions across Europe and just being there and getting that the atmosphere and the vibe from all these runners and me standing on my feet working there all day at these expos eventually I was like hmm okay maybe I need to give this a go <laughs> got the effect so, on the drugs um, yeah start yeah. starting at a very easy base I built myself up from 5k's to 10k's I did my first half marathon in Paris and then I did, I've done quite a few iconic marathons around Europe, including uh, London, Barcelona uh, and Berlin. So yeah, I, I ran, let's say, Douglas for a few years, uh, which I, I would say is fun. I definitely preferred the shorter distances. I'm not built to be a, a long, nice, lean, <laughs> long distance runner, but I enjoyed the challenge of it. So yeah, I did that for a few seasons and then actually I turned to, to triathlon for a few years. 
And I really love the diversity of the training from the swimming, the running uh, and the biking. Um, what I found difficult with, with this, I think, as my my career p- progressed and uh, training for a triathlon is is super time intensive, obviously, with the three disciplines. Um, yeah. What I actually realize I like about running is how accessible it is. So after a few years of having fun with some triathlons, I actually went back to running, but um, did much more on the trails just for fun, like nice, fun trails. I was living in, in Berkshire at the time, so I had access to a lot of nice routes around there. And often it was adventure races or mud runs. And actually the, the muddier, the better. And it was <laughs> it was the event, maybe you've heard of it, Brutal 10. Oh, yes. <laughs> where I was exposed for the first time to canny cross and I was like oh my god this just looks incredible I've got to have a go <laughs> did you not have a dog so, at, um, you didn't have a dog at the time then you, were you no <laughs> I wanted a dog, for, a dog. For, for, for years I grew up with um with only cats and uh definitely wanted a dog for a long time and, and the story goes I I kind of bought a house primarily to have a garden so that I could get a dog I think uh, I spent longer researching into different breeds of dogs than I did different houses and so it ended up the day that I moved into my new house I also collected my eight-week-old puppy uh, Jess oh, and what kind of dog is she she's a Springador which is a lab cross Springer Spaniel so quite an interesting combination. She's very clever, um, a bit crazy from the Springer side, and also very greedy from the lab. <laughs> <laughs> but you, interesting though, because the Springer side, you say she's got the um, the energy and a bit mad. How how have you found how have you found Canny Cross for her? Have you found that's a really good outlet for a dog like Jess? Definitely. So when we started running, it was, I mean, Canny Cross was super small and I didn't know much about it. And we just used to sort of run together for fun. So we definitely had a few years where we just went on our morning jog before work, attached with a leash and a harness and a waist belt and everything. But, you know, not necessarily going to run at full speed and for her to pull me as fast as possible. But she comes from a like a pedigree working line, so she definitely has the energy and the motivation to run, and she just absolutely loves it. And I think with the lab side of her as well, and the fact that she really loves her food, the exercise and the regular runs has has been like so so important for her. Oh, that's brilliant! So, what at what point did it switch over where you were, went from being just the lovely social runs out, not very competitive, to suddenly going? hey, I'd like to take this to the next level and compete more seriously. When was that point? Yeah, I mean, it, it took a while, actually. We we definitely had a couple of years in England where we just had fun being outside and running together and just really enjoyed it. We did some of those brutal 10 runs together, so poor Jess was getting dragged through these really muddy bogs. <laughs> And at that point, I was still playing hockey. So on a Saturday, I'd get up early, go and do this 10K and then arrive at the hockey pitch stinking of these like, Already nasty, muddy. muddy <laughs> Excellent. It's funny you mentioned the Brutals because a lot of... Um, like, that's the first um, race I did with my dog. And a lot of us, I think, Janetta, maybe yourself, um, really popular with canny crosses. We've got some hilarious videos of the starts. I mean, it's 
if you didn't know Canny Cross, you really like I'm getting I'm keeping well clear. But it's just crazy with all the dogs barking and all excited. But I mean, it's uh, hands down one of the most exciting races, isn't it? It's very different to yeah, it's very different to Canny Cross only races. I mean, because this was Brutal's. Um, you know, have, have dogless runners as well, and they'd have a, a mass start for all the canny crossers. But, um, do, you know, how, how would you find the Brutals compared to competing at the level you do now? Because it's obviously very different, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. And we were lucky and did sort of have a bit of transition, should we say. So we did a lot of those fun runs. And then we moved to Germany in, I think it was 2016. And we found our first local race uh, that year. And it it was very different. You've got the culture difference as well in Germany. It was all very serious and you start one by one. None of these crazy mass starts. You get given your set time, usually a minute or 30 seconds apart. And then, you, you, you know, you're really kind of doing the race on your own unless you catch someone up or someone overtakes you. So very different mindset. But you're still like really working as a team with your dog and trying to keep them motivated to run together and yeah that we we really really love that as well and I think as we did a few um, events more and more of these we realized if we did focus our training a bit more you know made it more specific encouraged her to pull we could actually get quite good together and that's when I you know I knew I was sort of ready to up it to the next level. So that's quite interesting, obviously, um, the comparison between UK events, maybe in the German ones and, and, you know, you're competing, obviously, out there um, in Europe. Are there lots more events out there than there are in the UK, would you say, that you go to? It's really difficult to say because I think when I left the UK, Canny Cross was really only just starting to grow. So I, I only, I think I remember checking in challenge. I did one of those in the UK and that was one of the first years it existed or it was really, you know, noticed by many people. Um, but I can say for sure for, for Germany and for Europe during the, you know, the, the Canny Cross season, if, if I wanted to compete every weekend, I probably could within the rate, like a, three four hour drive radius let's say we're quite lucky where we live and we're sort of the the middle east of germany shall we say so there's a lot of events here but also within an hour and a half i'm in the czech republic and it's it's getting quite big there Uh, a couple of hours south and i'm in austria so i mean yeah i'm super lucky there's there's a lot of events and maybe just going back to the the type of events as well it there is a really really nice range of events here yes you get those serious ones where you sort of start individually and everyone's trying to you know run full out but there's a few uh, really great uh, companies over here as well that organize more fun events and really focus on getting like the beginners into the sports as well and that's how we spent our first sort of three years out here I'd say we were trying any type of like dog race that we could so that wasn't actually just canny cross there's a lot of triathlons here with the dog which I just absolutely love and Jess being a, a springer as well like that's her favorite event so we really enjoyed doing those we we taught each other to cross-country ski together and I was yeah, going to ask you about that with you did ski during because you've got gets a lot of snow in the winter don't you yeah so I was like oh I can ski I can snowboard this will be fine I just you know pick up some cross-country skis and give it a go but um I cannot tell you how different it is to to normal downhill skiing it's super hard especially then you know add a dog to the equation as well but 
uh, being in the cold conditions, uh, it's, it really suits the dogs and they generally are really motivated in the snow, which is nice. I was going to say, it's probably good cross training, isn't it, for them? Out, out of season, canny cross season. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've mentioned about, obviously, Jess' dog, but you do have another dog, don't you, who's your, like, current race dog, would you say? Poppy. So do you want to tell us a bit about her? Yeah, Jess was my original dog. We had her for a good few years before we got uh, Poppy. So Poppy is a little Scandinavian hound that we got from Belgium, a breeder in Belgium. Um, we got her about five months old. And she was very, like, shy and timid when we got her. But she was obviously just born with a brain to run it's just unbelievable she's she's only about 20 kilos uh, but super super fast and you put her on any trail and she just knows where to go I I'm super fortunate and I think I never taught her left and right or you know straight on or not to chase ducks and uh, (laughs) rabbits or whatever she just runs if she's in the harness she just knows how to run so yeah she's an incredible little dog yeah she's obviously bred completely for canicross so um she sounds amazing and obviously we watched you compete out in belgium and uh yeah she was quite obviously it was her first season wasn't it so she was quite young at the time but um so obviously you went from doing the events which were for fun and then decided that hey i really like this so what did you what do you do personally to in, improve your canny cross time? So from that very first competitive competition, what what's your what was involved in your training to pick up your times? Yeah, so quite a, quite a mixture of training, I'd say. I do a lot of running sessions without the dog, so probably try at least 3 times a week to work on my own personal fitness a lot of people say the human is the limiting factor in the partnership which is probably true Uh, so I do a lot of training without and that could be anything from like fartlek training uh, interval training Uh, particularly at the moment I do a lot of speed work so I really focus towards the shorter and the 5k distances Uh, on top of that I'm I'm canny cross training obviously Uh, I'd say I do this usually at least two times a week depends on the conditions and what what the weather's like for the dogs but when the weather's good actually sometimes I'm canny crossing three times a week that's that's quite a lot for some people I think but I'm I'm really lucky that Poppy being so small it doesn't seem to put so much stress through my body as it does some when people run with some of these really big dogs and that's actually what I, I love about running with her I don't I don't do canny cross just to race as much as I'm competitive and I love that part of it. I just love going out, being outside with her and running on trails. And actually, I love doing more sort of technical trails and single stuff with her because she's so small. She's really agile. So she's amazing on these little single trails. Uh, So I really love that. Love doing that with her. Uh, So yeah, jumping back to the training, I also on top of that then do a lot of strength and flexibility work at home so pretty much everything is body weight or just with small dumbbells kettlebell resistance bands everything I can do from home Uh, but I focus really on sort of running specific uh, functional movements to make sure my body's strong for running with the dog I think core work is super important as well so you're really sort of light on your feet and you've got a, a strong upper body 
and yeah, something I've taken up recently as well is is sports yoga, which I am absolutely awful at. But as I'm getting older, it's definitely a very important like part of my training. So, what sports yoga is that? Specific classes for runners or? Yeah, so I found a, a lady in the UK that it does this sports yoga. So, so basically, how do I describe it? It's a slightly more yeah specific um type of yoga for team sports or runners and you can be a bit more inflexible like me and not feel like really awful that you can't get into all these positions (laughs) and yeah a lot of it is (laughs) that the mobility for runners really focusing on kind of the hips the glutes and the lower body I'd say yeah because that's the important part isn't it for us canny crossers is that we're obviously being pulled by the hips so um Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's very fa- yeah, it's very fascinating you say you're doing that because see, we're Jeanette and I are doing a, a course at the moment with our dog fit trainers Louise Humphrey and she's a Pilates instructor, and it's she, we're doing a course specially for runners Pilates for runners, and it's invaluable I think, and it's not even as you get older is it I think it's just more just you I mean clearly it's more important when you don't you want to avoid injury but it's getting you to think about using those the right muscle groups and using your core. And I've already picked up some really good tips to help with my my general running, uh, with or without a dog. Um, but yeah, I can see why that's uh, you know important to complement what we do. But it's just fitting it all in, isn't it? I think that's one of the challenges. I saw the one from Louise as well, actually, and I was messaging her, and I was super keen to do it. I still am. It's just finding enough hours in my week. But hopefully, hopefully, I'll sign up to her next course as well. Yeah, that is really good. I mean. We obviously one of the things you do is as as um, a personal trainer, you you're helping people to either build up their speed or their endurance. And for you personally, you're focusing on improving your five k time. Um, and incidentally, I've, I've, I'd love to know what is your five k time and what was it when you first started? Because it'd be interesting to know how that's changed. Can you remember? <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Re- I can remember actually. I think back in the day when I was running with Jess. My goal was always to break 20 minutes. So when I started uh, running with Jess, I was outside 20 minutes. And to break that with her, I mean, I was delighted. Um, comparing my times with Poppy, I mean, yeah, it's it's not comparable because she's just a little racing machine. Um, but no, we, we got we actually got a new PB last weekend. It was just, it was great conditions. Everything came together and we ran it in 14.23. Uh, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'd be happy with sub 20. I'd be happy with sub 20. Um, that is crazy. Really is. Oh. Wow. Amazing. So, so as well as obviously doing your own training and, and competitive career, which you're just going on leaps and bounds, you're also a dog fit trainer out in Germany and obviously online as well. So but what do you enjoy most about teaching Canny Cross to other people? Oh, yeah, so many things. I... I think I just really love um, sharing new training techniques and, and watching them progress. And it's really about getting them to think think about their dog when it comes to the training. So I think so many people like me, they start out, they love being outside and they just go for a jog with their dog, but they don't think about improving the bond together or really focusing the training and making it fun for the dog is so important. So starting with like short interval work, for example, breaking it down, letting the dog stop, say every kilometre and really rewarding them at the end. 
then starting again you get to practice the line out you refocus the dog and start again and just by introducing these like really simple new ways of training the the improvements you see is is really great uh, it's not it's not only that I think a lot of what it comes down to with the coaching is is helping with that structured plan um, and listening to how they're feeling and that's making them more aware of their body how they're feeling not doing too much training or knowing when they can push harder when they're feeling good and ultimately it's it's improving their confidence and making them more confident at running with their dog at, at, as a team and you just find the more and more you run with your dog, the, the stronger your bond gets. Yeah, and that's such a good point about the, the, the fact that for people to think about their dogs, because we're all thinking about how fast I can run 5K and the dog is there. Just, you know, you're obviously running together, but that's really that's a really nice thought that after you're doing 1K as you're stopping and rewarding the dog because you just know when your dog is having a good time and yeah. it's good for them to know that you're really pleased with what they're doing as well. So that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a really, really good tip. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that would be a very good thing for a lot of our customers to do because we've, we've got obviously a lot of people who've just, who've been, who've graduated from our Couch 5K programme recently. And for a lot of people, you know, for some people it might be that's all they want to do, for, but for a lot of people it's like, how can I either get faster or, or progress, you know, to greater distance? So, I mean... So, you know, from your experience, what are probably the sort of the the common mistakes that runners make when they're when they're thinking about that next level? You know, say whether it's to go faster or run a greater distance. So, I th- I think a lot of it is having realistic goals. Some people are, and breaking your goals down into shorter term goals as well. So you might have have the dream goal to run a certain time or to say, let's run 10 kilometers with the dog when you're only doing five right now. And the mistakes people make is simply like building it up too quickly. You've got to think, is your body ready for it? And is your dog ready for it? It's super important to go step by step and really then focus the training. Uh, you need to I'd recommend following a, a structured plan and making sure you build in the time frames that allow for that progression. And it's just really listening to your body and having that patience. And yeah, thinking about it from a human and a dog perspective to, to then like build the distance as a team. And having it's nice to sort of go out and run different distances, but if you're sort of wanting to reach the next level, you do have to make your training specific. So, for example, like I said, I'm really focusing on 5k at the moment, but I know I've got a stage race coming up in the summer. If it happens, well, I've got to be running 12 kilometers uh, with the dog with I think about 500 meters elevation. So even though it's only March and that's in June, I need to start thinking about in- increasing my distance already to get from, from 5 to 10K because it's not just myself. My, my dog wouldn't have the endurance and she, she, she doesn't, because she's such a racing dog, she doesn't know when to stop. And then that's when it's a bit dangerous for the dogs as well. So it's super important. And I'd literally do um, 5K continuous one week, gradually build it up, 6K like two, three weeks afterwards. And then you can do sessions like um, 2.5K times three, but then with sort of five minutes rest in between. So it's really, really gradually building it up and doing it in different ways. You can do that both in the way of intervals and also 
the longer endurance sessions and um, particularly with the dogs and the canny cross to build up the distance when you're doing a continuous run you want to really select your trail carefully so you don't want to be going and doing it around the wide open sort of quite flat boring forest tracks that we have a lot of here in Germany Um, make it fun for the dog and do a route that you don't normally do and do single trails and little twisty ones and it just makes sure it's really fun for them as well so even if they are going a bit further they're a bit they're more motivated because they're really enjoying it. Yeah I think that um, a lot of our uh, dog fit clients and customers um, you know we have certain people who have got to 5k and want to just run 5k and a bit faster and then we have another um, set of people who want to run further so you obviously approach that training when you're working with your clients with canny cross in two different ways so your speed and endurance can you touch on how you would approach a speed person for example if you were coaching them over an eight-week period to obviously make major improvements what advice would you give yeah. them? So for, for focusing on speed, it's, you've already got that the distance built up. So I would make sure to keep that aerobic base going for you and the dog. But then you can really make the training more specific to build the speed. And um, for that, it's even without the dog, you need to work a lot on your strength and your power. So I do believe a lot of sort of home gym workouts can make a big difference for that. Uh, it's your running technique as well. So you want to be as efficient as possible when you're trying to get faster. So you've got sort of maximum propulsion and maximum stride length. If you sort of take a step back from running and think about what is speed, it's simply your stride length times by your cadence. So how many, how many steps you take per minute times by how long each step is. And it's as simple as that. So they're the two key things you can work on. So increasing your stride length comes from the power, but also from flexibility, which is why I think flexibility around your hips, your glutes is super important. And then cadence, how quickly can you move your feet? And then for training that, I think it's really great to do through canny cross. And you can do like one kilometer reps, 1500 meter reps, and just have short breaks. So for example, three times one kilometer with just two minutes rest. So enough rest for you and your dog to recover, get your breath back, but then your legs are still quite heavy when you get going again. And so just that really trains like the power and the muscle and you then gradually obviously build it up if you're trying to get faster for your 5K. Um, But yeah, with the speed, you can make it really specific and kind of see quite big improvements. I find generally having a strong pulling dog makes your feet go faster. It's <laughs> <laughs> my trick, isn't it? But, but yeah, on a serious note, there's obviously, if you are in that situation, you have got a strong pulling dog and you're, you've got to really look after your body, haven't you? Because this is where you've got to make sure you don't, you don't do anything, you know, increase the mileage um, or the workload too quickly. But also it's about, about proper, proper stretching, I imagine. And like you say, work, um, strength training outside of the canny cross yeah definitely that the I'm sort of only just experiencing running with a big dog my youngest dog Sonic is just turned one this month uh so we've started just short distances together but the the power that I feel from him is so different to Poppy and it's a lot more pressure on your body so you build it up step by step and a few of the things I've spoken about I think are super important is your core strength 
So if you've got a really strong upper body, yeah, the pull's coming from your hips, your hips are really stable, then you can be much lighter on your feet. If you're letting your hips get pulled forward, that's when people start, you know, getting a lot of lower back pains or you then start really thumping down on the ground and people get a lot of like uh, pain in their feet and blisters and things. And I, I did experience all of that when I started running with Poppy and it was just new speeds that I hadn't experienced before. But there's just there's so much you can do to strengthen your body with simple exercises, you know, your squats, your lung, lunges, your functional movements, lots of like I do hot hops and um, box jumps just to generate the power. If you think about running, running is basically always on one leg. So any sort of one leg exercises you can do, I think, are very important if it's using the big muscles with yeah, like a, a hop jump onto a box or maybe you're working on the small intrinsic sort of muscles around your ankle then like a wobble board or something is really good just to do small squats on there to really work the smaller muscles around your ankle and that just all really helps when you then attach yourself to these these strong powerful dogs yeah and I, um, if you are approaching an endurance um canny crosser so maybe does not so worried about getting those very fast 5k times but wants to do longer distances and I know that you know more and more we've got events open in the UK which are half marathons even marathons and ultras with dogs that you need to work towards how would your kind of coaching and training differ for them yeah totally different I think when building endurance of course you need the strength but not so much power uh, you need, uh, I'd say, more more of the the flexibility to to ensure and the suppleness to make sure you stay injury free, because that's the, I'd say the biggest challenge when you start running those really long distances in something like running that's such a monotonous movement. People start getting knee pain or hip pain or little niggles because it's just um, the continuous movement on the body. So for that, it's really important. I, I'd integrate more flexibility stretch routines mobility anything with the black roller uh, foam rolls just to release the tension in the in the fascia the muscles uh, on top of then obviously gradually building up the distance fascinating well thanks for sharing all those top tips is um so so much to think about isn't there um so yeah but um in your capacity as a dog fit trainer then um obviously you've been helping a lot of people um, with not just the running, the, the actual canny cross side, but obviously their general running and fitness. Have you got any examples of maybe some people that you've helped in particular? Yeah, I've got a few at the moment. I, I'm I'm coaching such a range of, of athletes. It's lovely from complete beginner, some just runners, obviously many canny cross runners and some really high high level runners that can actually run much faster than me without a dog. Um but a, a specific <laughs> a specific example um a lovely lady in germany uh she, she's she's a dog trainer herself actually so she knows everything about the dogs but helping her with the fitness has been uh, really amazing so she's been on like a, a three-month training program where we've really kind of built up the program together based around her work you know work-life balance she's got to take the dogs out and then so a lot of her her run sessions she's able to do with the dogs free running with her uh, we've integrated like two strength and flexibility sessions a week which she absolutely loves um and then it's really like 
more than just the training plan it's it's building a relationship with my clients and and listening to them and having their feedback and I send the training out weekly so we get to tweak it week by week depending on how they're feeling they listen to their body and they let me know and so a few weeks ago she I think she was feeling quite tired she had a lot on with work so I said okay like let let, next week let's just have a nice easy week I put in a few more fun runs for her you know no pace doesn't matter you go out and just enjoy it and uh, I had a, a message from her one day that week and she said best fun run ever I think that's the fastest 5k ever to which I was like (laughs) you know that's amazing and this is exactly actually how I came about my company name which is train and smile because I'm such a believer like if you really enjoy what you do then you've got that positive mindset and naturally you're going to see results I was just like yeah I'm so happy for you and she responded yeah you know that's a lot of your hard work thanks a lot for everything I have so much fun and for me to just hear that like that's the key thing for me it's not just about you know getting the times you know running faster running longer it's I want them to have fun and and for me that's how it started and no, it's really nice. Yeah, I think that's a, a, one of the things that people really like about Canny Cross that's unexpected, that it's actually such good fun that all of a sudden we're on these Canny Cross drugs that makes us keep doing it. But that's <laughs> just so lovely to hear that, um, you know, when you get that response back. And we're going to we'll put details in our show notes of um, how they could get in contact, how people can get in contact with you to kind of join your coaching program that you're offering um, and really working with clients individually. I think one of the things about Canny Cross and when you are training for distances or even speed, it, it's not about Canny Crossing with the dog every single time that you go out. And I think you've you've touched on that in terms of sometimes it's free running, um, sometimes it's just working on you. There's so much more involved when you are stepping yourself up to the next level. I know that one of the other areas that you look at is um, kind of the, the running position and your kind of the, the distance between your, your feet and how you're pacing and everything else. Tell us a little bit about that. How do you how do you work on client with clients on that side? Yeah, so I, I offer a running analysis. So, I mean, maybe some people have experienced it at a simple level. You go into a a specific running store to buy some shoes and they'll watch you run on a a treadmill from behind to try and, you know, help you decide which shoes. I'm kind of taking that to the next level. And just by clients sending me videos captured from their iPhone running, side on, front on and from behind, uh, I'm able to sort of look at how their body is working uh, as one piece and yeah look at things like their stride length maybe they've got tight hip muscles I can see because they're not getting the the leg lift or maybe their hamstrings are very tight I can see because they're not getting the kickback um so that's like different uh, strengths and weaknesses that I just make the runners aware of and I can almost like recommend different strength and weak uh, uh, strengthening exercises for them to do and and this is all delivered through like a report which they can download and take away with them and work on those exercises the other thing I can see as well from the videos is how they're running in different types of shoes so I can see what level of pronation so if someone's pronating they're rolling inwards and for that you want to make sure that the person's got a shoe that's more structured and is supportive for them on the other hand side you might get someone with a very rigid foot 
and their foot almost rolls outwards and that's called supinating and for that you want to make sure they've got a very cushioned soft shoe which allows a bit of give and allows their foot to roll inwards otherwise they're kind of experienced problems as well so yeah i can advise them what type of shoes uh different strength and flexibility exercises and just making them aware of how they run and it's also possible with and without a dog this i find super interesting i can compare the videos sort of side by side and you can really see how it changes your running style so uh, of course with a dog your stride length is going to be much longer you're going to have to move your feet faster but then what does that mean when you're impacting the ground and what you'll find is a lot of people overstride with the dog because you're being pulled at such a race you then got a really heavy heel strike and your leg or your foot is really out far far out in front of you which means you've got a lot of shock absorbing that's going through your knees your hips and your whole body and that's why people can get a lot of sort of muscle soreness after running for the dog so it's then making them aware of that and really thinking about trying to land with your foot more beneath your body so beneath your knee beneath your hip and you've got that real small circular step going so you're not really overstriding. Uh, so just little things like that I can make clients aware of and help them improve their technique one to stay injury free but also to run more efficiently injury free is a good word <laughs> yeah definitely and I guess part of that part of that is um as well as pointing out how they can improve their technique I, I presume there's exercises you would recommend alongside that then to help especially if someone is has tight hamstrings for instance yeah exactly so offering them different it it might be a a strength exercise but a lot of the case it's actually muscle tightness so it's really making sure they know which muscles are tight and then showing them different ways to stretch because often there's many ways to stretch just one muscle and there's different types of stretching you can do as well obviously there's the normal static stretch which is fine sometimes but there's also uh, gliding stretching you can do which is much more beneficial when you sort of move in and out of the position and it gradually kind of brings back the range of movement in that muscle and around the joint so yeah lots of very sort of specific stretching exercises foam rolling that we can do to get our body sort of balanced should we say and make sure the left and the right sides work in in the same way it's really fascinating when you mentioned about trainers earlier I was I was thinking you know we get we often get asked don't we Jeanette about what brand of trainer to wear you know what what trainers do people run in and I see it on countless Facebook groups to do a canny cross and actually it's not about what brand it's like to your point it's about the type of shoe some people need more cushioning more stability and that's the the crux of it people really need to understand how they run and what's right for them you know worry about the brand as a secondary factor yeah it's nice to ask people advice but Uh, yeah you need one that suits your style of running you might be a big heel striker you might be a forefoot striker you might overpronate loads and the other thing is the shape of your foot so some people have a, a really long narrow fit which will be really well suited to certain brands but I know for myself I've got quite a wide forefoot and I can't wear some brands that some people recommend because they're just too tight and then you know you get rubbing or a dead foot so it is important to just try and find the one that works for you uh, with regards to the not just the cushioning, the support, but also the shape of, of the shoe as well.
That's really interesting. Um, I think we could talk to you all afternoon, Sarah. And I think it obviously part of that, it, it, it proves that when you step up to the next level, there are so many factors that you need to consider um, in your training, your dog's training, and obviously how you're striding. So we'll have your details in our, our show notes below. But just as a final finishing point, um, and in your capacity as a dog fit trainer, anyone listening to this podcast who's never maybe done canny cross before and they've not even gone from couch to 5k, what piece of advice would you give them? I think for me it's, it's really important to remember that you're working as a team. So you, you need to listen to your dog and ensure you give your dog the correct signals so much of what you do together actually comes from the feeling like through the line so an example is if you're trying to turn left many dogs can actually do that without the word command they can do it through the feeling that's being pulled on the harness so the more like in harmony you are with the dog and the the stronger your bond is the better you're going to run together uh the, the more that progresses the more confidence you'll have and the more relaxed you'll be able to run as well so yeah that would be the the key thing listen to your dog relax as much as possible and yeah of course just love being with your dog running and being outside on the trails absolutely <laughs> always yeah well that's you know great bit of advice and, and thank you so much um I think it's been a fascinating conversation and um I, I think our, our listeners will really enjoy this podcast. And uh, yeah, I wanted to say thank you and also best of luck for your 12K. Fingers crossed it goes ahead and later in the year. And uh, yeah, um, thank you so much, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Talk Canny Cross. We really hope that you've enjoyed it. But don't forget to hit subscribe so we can keep you up to date and let you know when the next episode comes out. Happy Canny Crossing. Ah!